looking for. From the land of the rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast. Because you're looking at the Saitama Saint, the Osaka Superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. Oh, but wait, there's more. Tonight, you're going to get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the ombre with no nombre. He's mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Ooh. That's right. You're listening to one of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it this week. He said he's going to try and make it next week. Also, Dev couldn't make it this week. Dev has things going on. And uh, your boy is Jason Derulo right now because I'm riding solo. But uh, it is Tuesday night, October 27th. You're listening to the Hogs Man podcast. I'm El Numero Uno, Mike Camden. But I am joined by NPA, not producer Adam. What up, Adam? What's up? Looks like tonight you are actually El Numero Uno. I am El Numero Uno plus a not producer. Come rain or shine, Mike Camden's doing a podcast. I'm telling you this. Not producer Adam is a trooper because Devin has missed multiple episodes. And since Adam has jumped in, not missed one episode along with your boy El Numero Uno. So I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Adam. You are welcome. What is going on, man? I got a question for you. Got a question for you. Okay, I didn't do much this weekend. Pretty shitty weather in San Diego, right? Kind of overcast, a little colder, a little drizzle. Kind of like that weather. It's like, I'm not going out. I'm staying on the couch all day. You know, just eating and just being a waste, right? But did you catch that new Borat movie? I, I did. I watched it. The night it came out, I think it came out Friday night. Yeah, Whatever yeah, night yeah. it came out, it came out early. I watched it. And I actually told Devin to watch it. And if he were here, he would tell you about it, how funny he thought it was, too. I laughed my shaft off. It was great. It's one of those movies you're crying laughing at some parts. Uh, I'm a big Sasha Baron Cohen fan. Um, you know, all the way from his Ali G in the house and the HBO yeah, Ali G show he had that that stuff was so funny, but uh, it it was hysterical, hysterical. But I'm gonna say this, and I don't I I, I want to see what your opinion is too. The big news going into that movie was the Rudy Giuliani scene, right? Am I correct, correct. on that? Yeah, that's what everyone was talking about. Beforehand. That was the headline, you know, yeah. like the grabber, like hey, everybody come check this movie out. Giuliani, he's uh. He's jacking his dick off in front of like a 15-year-old girl, right? Like that's what the headlines kind of like said. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that's the big moment in the movie. You, you, you know, you setting it up and it kind of see what, what happens. How does it play out? Total letdown, right? Yeah. I mean, it, to be like, no, at no point in the movie did I think it was established that he thought she was a 15-year-old either. So even if he was like that's what I'm presuming saying. that something was going to happen, like, you know. That's what I'm saying, man. Okay. Giuliani, he's what pushing seventy, probably, yeah. probably more than that. Yeah. You know, he's this old guy. He gets called into a, a hotel to do a, a interview with a conservative news outlet. That's what they uh, said that they were, right? Yeah. And 
there's this young, attractive girl in front of him. And real life, guys, that girl's like 23, 24. Yeah. Um, at no point do they say to Giuliani, hey, this girl's only 15 years old. Yeah, right? un- unless they if they had said it to him at any point, I feel like that would have been in the movie yes. to establish more of the you know yes. controversy that was established. Now, common knowledge, if I go in to do uh, an interview with a with uh, a reporter that is uh, with a conservative news outlet, whatever, I would say she's probably over eighteen, right? You would think so, yeah. So Giuliani, to me, like. Nobody told him, hey, this girl is 15. If you looked at the girl, you'd probably say, yeah, she's in her young 20s. Yeah, right? That's what I thought when I saw her, too. So now she's like, I'm a big fan of you. You know, like she's kind of like a, uh, you know, she's kind of marking out. Yeah. Right. And she's touching his knee. You know, she's she's engaging the uh, the physical touching and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then uh, something happens and they're like. The girl is like, hey, let's go into this the, the bedroom. Yeah, let's go in the room and get some drink And have, have a drinks. drink. Yeah. All right. You know, like if I was Giuliani, I'd be like, all right. Oh, damn. You know, I, I might be able to, to get something here. Yeah. So they go in the room and she's undoing his uh, his microphone, right? He's got a whole yeah. microphone set up. And at one point, he like he touches her like in her. He kind like, of touches her on the butt, kind like, of like love he, handle area. Yeah, he's he's doing that thing when you're not really entirely sure if she's interested, where you're kind of trying to establish contact to see yeah. if she's interested. Yeah, which you know he's still a seventy year old guy, and she's like fifty years younger than him. But you know, hey man, according he, he might have said I, I I just hit the jackpot. Yeah, you know that might have been his thinking, right? But anyway, so she uh, she undoes his microphone, and then you know they say like the headlines that he was like playing with himself, right? He was playing with his dick. Yeah. You watch it and you're like, man, maybe he is just fixing his, his shirt, yeah. you know, tucking it in. Um, so I feel like whatever they released prior to the movie coming out about Giuliani, it was a total like kind of setup, really. Cause I feel like it was just to get people to watch the movie. Exactly. exactly. But I mean, the, I, it was still very weird, but at the same time, it wasn't like what they were, they were like trying to, gotcha him yeah and in they're, reality they're trying to make, they, him, make him look make him look like a pedo yeah and in reality like they didn't and she's not she's 25 we had that conversation with uh chris when he was here a couple weeks ago about the age gap thing yeah and yeah i mean that's a pretty big age gap but it's also not a pet he's not a pedophile because he doesn't know how old she is but you would like you said if you're working for a news company you would think that they wouldn't be 15 years old yeah which you know that's the thing the whole movie establishes she's 15 years old Yes, but she's not and the movie and he doesn't know that going into the interview. So. Exactly. And you know, who knows if uh if uh Borat didn't come like screaming into the to the scene. You know, maybe like Giuliani might have said some stuff or or initiated it if further. If they really wanted to get him, that's what they should have done. They should have let it play out and see how see how he what he would have done. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's some legalities with doing oh, stuff like time. that, setting someone up like that. Yeah. But I think that's kind of I think that's kind of why he came into the room when he did. But at, at the same time, I think Juliana's people need to be a little better with uh, vetting a bit, reporters. A little smarter. Letting random reporters in to do interviews with a guy that clearly is not one of not one of the most popular guys in the country right yeah, now. Yeah. Check some credentials. Check some credentials. You know. And don't don't let him be because uh, remember they were like drinking while they were doing yeah. doing like they were like drinking whiskey. It's like man, you you got a you got a, a guy right now that everybody's trying to target, 
uh, and uh, discredit. You know, you got to do your job to 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 protect your man. And this right? is apparently in a room that they had set up too, because I watched an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen. He's talking about how they had like this whole thing set up where he could see everything from this closet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so not only did he just go to see this random person that no one's ever heard of, he went to their room where I'm just like, oh, like what, what, what were you, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like people of that kind of ilk and that kind of power should be a little smarter with doing stuff, especially right now. Yeah. But then again, yeah. no one was assuming that he was making another Borat movie. Yeah. But, uh, it's funny. It is very funny, funny as hell. I'm just very kidding. Funny. Oh, by the way, a spoiler alert too about that Giuliani stuff. If you guys haven't seen it already, but whatever. I think that's what everyone's been talking about. And I think most people have watched the movie at this point. Yeah. It was like so a, too. you know, like you said, it was a, it came out on Friday. So it was a weekend thing. And if you didn't have anything going on, you had plenty of time to watch it. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious though. I, I thought it was hilarious. Another um, big spoiler is uh, Borat is the COVID-19 patient zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. It was interesting uh, how they how they tied the COVID stuff into it because I don't know like when they started filming that. It seems like they started filming it before all this stuff happened, yeah, and then they were just like, "Well, let's keep doing it while it's happening." Because you can tell in the beginning they're not really even talking. Like it, he when he goes to that Pence rally, like towards the middle of the movie, it's like February. You can tell because he's saying there's not that many cases here oh, in, yeah. in America yet. There. I think that was sometime around February that we even kind of knew what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think their intention initially was to make it about that, but then, you know, it just lended itself to it. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious though, man. I'm a big, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen fan. Also, uh, what was it? Friday night? What was game four of the world series? I have not been paying attention to baseball at all since the Yankees were eliminated. What? Yeah. I'm one of those people that, uh, when my when my team is eliminated in baseball, I kind of check out. I get it too, and I'm not interested in this World Series at all. Um, oh, you're talking about the crazy game, the uh, game four, where 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 uh, the Rays tied it up, yeah. the series two two. That last play of the game, did you see it at least? I did. Yeah, no, I, I it was like a big topic on Twitter on Friday night. So when oh, you see man. stuff like that, it's hard to avoid it. But yeah, that it seemed like it was back and forth and crazy. And if I were into it, I'd probably think it was great. Yeah, that last that last play was nuts. Uh, two errors in one play that uh, scored the winning run at the plate. It was amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and that's what makes baseball like so great is that it is, yes, I get it. I played baseball all growing up. It's a slow sport. It's a very slow sport. But, man, there is times. And that's probably why when action happens – it's so great. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's one of the best sports bottom line. Well, like, the world series should be exciting. Very it, sh- much. it should be for both teams. Like, yeah, I know growing up when I was watching the world series, it was a lot of uh, the Yankees dominating everybody. Yeah. So it wasn't like super fun for me. For me, it was fun, but I'm sure like, like in 98, I'm sure it wasn't fun for people here when the Padres basically got swept Yeah, or, you know, the next couple of years. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers seemingly cannot catch a break ever. And they have like a great team, but every year something seems to get in their way. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Dodgers are up three, two now, right? Uh, yeah. And then, uh, game six is on tonight. Okay. So yeah, man, it was a, it's a hell of a, hell of a series. They're making something out of it. You know, like I said, I gave two shits about this, uh, world series, but they're making, they're making a good series out of it. These two teams, 
You know, man, the the Rays have the worst ball cap known to mankind. You seen their like their logo on their hat? Yes, it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And they used to have the worst name in all of sports. The Devil Rays. The Devil Rays, but I mean, Rays is fine. But yeah, it's fine. But yeah, man. So uh, yeah, I did that. I, I yeah, well, I, I didn't do anything this weekend. I literally just kind of sat on my Sunday. I watched football all day, man. Best game on Sunday night was crazy. Uh, was the that Cardinals uh, and the Seahawks? Yes, watch that. It was crazy. Good game. That you was see, a really good game. Uh, shitty luck for the Cowboys. They have their backup <laughs> quarterback go down to a cheap shot. Andy Dalton got rocked. Mister CTE. Uh, destroyed. You see that? Yes, and I also noticed that none of his teammates seemed to care when he got hit. Yeah, I saw that. They kind of just were like, "Oh no!" Yeah, with no reaction whatsoever. That is kind of weird. You feel like somebody would would go and check I mean, a motherfucker. I mean, but... if I were like playing football and someone did that to my QB, I think I'd react a little more than just nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... Yeah. So, uh, Cowboys, they're on their third string quarterback. Yeah. That's crazy. But they play in the worst division in football, so they still have a, a very high chance of making the playoffs if they can get it together. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But yeah, man. What else is going on in this world? Is there anything like wrestling news going on? Uh, Hell in the Cell happened this weekend. I, there Hell was in some, the Cell, huh? Yeah, there was some notable stuff that came out of that. But What came out of that? I didn't even watch it. Uh, well, Roman Reigns wrestled in a Hell in a Cell I Quit match. So huh. that was something different and new and everybody was really into that because it's Ro- with the usos right yeah so roman's new character is kind of like he's a he's a heel but he's like been seeking like to get to like the head of the samoan table or whatever the hell it's called i don't uh-huh. know he's i think it's all to set up something with him on the rock is what i think That'd but cool. uh, yeah so like because this whole deal this whole time is he just wants to be head of the table and he wants every all the samoan people to samoan people in wrestling to acknowledge him and so he's just been beating the shit out of his cousin this whole time. Um, that's cool, man. That's cool. Roman Reigns, I like him. Yeah. Uh, met him one time while doing extra work. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. He's ve- he's he was very much treated as the new John Cena, where like everyone hated him, but like no one really. There was no ever like a reason to hate him. Like, I listened to some interview he did with Jericho, and that kind of flipped me on him completely. Like I heard him talking, and I was like, oh, I get what they're trying to do with him now. Uh-huh. He's not like one of those guys that's going to come out and cut like a, a rock promo or like an Austin promo, but he has a presence. So when you see him, you're like, Oh, that's a big fucking guy. And that's a, that's a wrestler right there. Yeah. You know? And then you see him in the ring. He's really good in the ring. No matter what people say or think, I think he's yeah, pretty he's good. Solid, in the ring. Man. He's solid. You know, you ain't going to get any, you ain't going to get no nonsense out of him. No. You don't need it. You don't need it. Speaking of which, man, I don't know what's going on lately, but it seems like there's been a lot of injuries in professional wrestling lately, like sideline injuries. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, man. And I don't know, like if it's like, if it's, you know, obviously there's always going to be injuries in professional wrestling, right? Just kind of how the severity of them, you know, back in the day when it was like the territory days, if somebody was injured, they'd put him in a multi-man match, you know, like maybe a six man match or a tag match. And they hide that motherfucker. You know, they say, Hey, get out there. Cause you got to get paid. Right. You only get paid if you wrestle. Yeah. And the rest of the guys would say, okay, we got to take care of him. Keep him on the outside or keep it limited what he's doing. But, um, man, lately there just seems like there's some 
bad injuries going on. You know what is a curse right now? Getting that NXT belt. Yeah. So uh, Cross got it, mm-hmm. right? Injured Kept, himself in the match. And he, it, that was when he won it. Yeah. And then uh, so they had to he, – he had to vacate the title. And then they had uh, a little tournament, right? Uh, yeah, I think they had like a Fatal 4-Way or something. Or something where they had like uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly wrestle for it. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Uh, that was after. Balor won it and like they did like a Iron Man Fatal 4-Way. Oh, really? And then Balor won and then they went to the O'Reilly match where they both got hurt in the so, match. And, 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 and Balor broke his jaw. Yeah. Right? So um, now did he vacate the title? or Because, I mean, when you have a broken jaw, you're only out for like a month or two, right? I don't think they're going to have him vacated. I think they're, what they're trying to do is just trying to work around it. Uh-huh. Like right now, there's not like a takeover or anything on the horizon. So like you said, broken jaw, he can be back, you know, in a month. So it's funny because you, 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 you ain't be cutting promos, right? No. <laughs> he ain't going to be cutting promos. Uh but anyways, and plus, I mean, that hurts. That hurts the title. Yeah. When it keeps jumping around, it keeps jumping around to guys. Uh, it, it hurts the title. Um, and then, so yeah, you had uh, Cross go down, injury. Uh, Balor injured. Um, who's homeboy? Uh, the English cat uh, that took that dive and like broke his ankle. Do you see that? The oh, Ridge, Ridge, uh, Ridge, Ridge Holland. Holland. Yeah. Busted his ankle. Um. And then over on AEW, who is it? Abandon? Aban- the girl? Abad- Abaddon, I think is her name. Um, apparently something really bad happened yeah, to her. They don't know. They haven't really revealed what happened to her, but it happened in a match that probably won't air. Yeah. So. And then another thing uh, on AEW, they had a, a fatal four-way tag match. And oh, no. homeboy from the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, yeah. I believe his name is, yeah. gets knocked the fuck out by a uh, a leg drop yeah that uh, a big leg drop I mean homeboy was laying in the middle of the ring one of the uh, what are those guys' names uh, private, private party. party yeah one of them hits a, a a leg drop while the other one comes off the opposite turnbuckle and hits a splash and this lights out on this Alex Reynolds dude which is the craziest thing because nobody seemed to notice. I think the only guy that no, I forget what I forget who it was, but I know one guy. I think it was uh, I forget. I don't know what his name, butcher in the blade. One of the, the one of the guys. His name is Pepper Parks, but uh, he. I think he noticed because he kind of drags him to the corner and tags. But even that, I'm just like, like Nick Jackson's kind of just jumps over him. Like I think the spot was supposed to be. He was not in the way, and like he was in the way, and like Nick almost tripped getting out of the ring. But yeah, I mean. I feel like AEW needs to be a little better with their like concussion protocols and paying attention to that stuff because this is not the second one after Matt Hardy, happened, the Matt Hardy, which thing. they caught a lot of shit for, yeah. right? Um, and then this happened, and it seemed like nobody really noticed. And I, I told this to the kids training the other night. Uh, I was like, if that happens, guys, the, the match is over. P- somebody pin fucking somebody. One, two, yeah. three. And, and or at least get it. that team out of the ring or get them out of the ring, get them gone. Cause it's like that, that time that Joey Mercury's face got blown up by the ladder. Uh-huh. Those guys were just out of the match. Cause it was, there were still three other teams uh-huh. like and at that point. Yeah. You just fuck whatever spots you have planned for those guys. Do something else. Call it on like, the fly. Call it on the fly. Like anyone who wrestles should be able to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If very you've been much. Doing, if you've been doing it for long enough, which all the guys in that match in AEW been wrestling for a long time. 
Yeah, I know, like, I don't know, man. And it, it is tough when you're in the middle of it and you're trying to think on the fly. Yeah. You have multiple people in this match. You got to get them all on the same page. But I think the best bet is just take the match home. Yeah. Just pin somebody. You know, whoever the legal men are, hey, roll them up. Uh, because who knows? Like, the way that guy got knocked out, you don't know if it's a neck injury. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, you know, by dragging a home, dragging homeboy over to the corner, like, it could have done, you know, worse uh, damage to... But it's just one of those things you look at and you go, guys, somebody just pin. Yeah. You know, just... just Finish the match. The match is over. Because, right, you never know, like, what happened with Paraguayo in Mexico. Yep. Like, that was something that... Yep. It's happened a million times, and no one knew what was wrong. People thought he was just knocked out. Yeah. And it was much, much worse than that. And, like, they rightfully stopped the match. But, like, it's one of the things that that guy, yeah, he was much more hurt. Like, and you keep going. What if someone steps on his neck? Yeah. Like he has a broken neck, and yep. you're making it worse. Or how many times have you heard that people, they had broken necks and didn't know it? Yeah. You know, like they, uh, it, it was just a, a, a fracture, right? A, a, what is a hairline fracture or something yeah. like that. So like the next big bump might take that, you know, might injure it worse. So I don't know, man. And I'm not, I'm not like talking shit on AEW or anything like that, but it's just something, one of those things where it's like with how much shit they caught from the Hardy situation, somebody should have spoke to, to the whole roster of wrestlers in the back saying like, Hey, listen, if this happens again, yeah. Uh, finish it. Just go home. Just and, take it home. And that was the second time in that Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara feud that something went wrong. I don't know if you saw that spot where he threw the chair at him, Chuck the but chair the chair right was open yep. and you know, he should have known better. Yeah. Like Matt was legitimately pissed. And I, what I I'd heard be too. was he got a lot of like Sammy got a lot of heat for that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like, and then after he did that thing, he did like a splash on him on a table. And I'm like, Matt was probably concussed from that too. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird, man. You hear about like these old timers, uh, talking about like, oh man, you guys are being too reckless and all that kind of stuff to the, to the newer, uh, generation of wrestlers. And of course the initial thought is shut up old man. Right. But you start to kind of see it now. You're seeing a lot of cats getting injured badly and at this rate, a lot of these guys ain't going to have a career. They're going to have a short little cup of coffee in the big times. Yeah. You know, like getting paid good money. And that's the thing, man. I brought it before, man. You finally make it to where you're making good money, good, solid money. And now, you know, you got to start thinking yeah. like a businessman. Like, hey, I got to worry about next week's episode and two weeks from now episode and all that kind of stuff. You got to stop thinking about, uh, hey man, I got to get like my gnarly stuff in right now. And it's like, well, is this going to make a, is this going to be make that much noise or is this going to like bring your character to the next level or your reputation to the next level? Or is there something that you can do promo wise yeah. or, that, or, you know, something that just is more psychology wise that will up your, up your, uh, your, uh, what can I say? Uh, up your, uh, credibility credibility there yeah. you go or you're uh you know you just you're, you're all around your character well if you look at any guy who's ever gone from indie guy to like you know main company they always seem to tone it down yeah if you watch brian danielson stuff from 2004 2005 he was headbutting uh the ring posts 
he was diving all over the place. Like he got his eye caved in by Morishima at one point, and then he goes to WWE, and he's still awesome, but his style is very different. Yeah, and that's what you're saying. Like you have to learn how. Like you have to make sure that if you start a few to hype, like if you're going to get paid well for doing something, that you're going to be there for the whole thing. Yeah, like don't worry. Like if you're going to do big stuff, do it in the the big match, like the blow off match. You don't have to. On a random dynamite in the middle of, you know, October, you don't have to go crazy if you don't need to. Yeah, man. Build it up to where and I'm not saying don't ever do it, but do it when it matters. Do it when it matters. That's what I'm saying. When it you know, when the the rivalry 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 when the feud is so hot, motherfucker powders out to the outside and you're like, fuck that, you ain't going nowhere. I'm diving on you. Yeah. You know? That that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, man. If you if you hit a dive every match, it don't mean nothing. But if the if it's built up to a a, a heated feud, and you know the 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 heel keeps powdering or keeps weaseling his way out of situations, and then finally during this you know blow off match, the 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 heel tries powdering out or tries getting away, and the face goes nah fuck that shit and dives yeah. out. And 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 gets him and starts whipping whipping his ass out there, that means something. But I mean, what do I know? I've only the Rich Holland guy. Like, that's a big dude. Like, I don't know why he needs to be diving anyway. Like, and he dove. Well, he didn't dive. He caught. Oh, that's right. He caught him. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, like he took like an awkward step back for some reason. And I don't know if you think that this is like I know you brought the injury thing, but do you think that has anything to do with the fact that basically right now this is the only things they're doing? Like they're not doing house shows, they're not really training. Like this is really what like they're stepping in the ring on TV, and that's really the only ring time they get. Do you think that has to do anything to do with like injury? Because it's like football. There's been a lot of injuries in football. There's no pre. There was no preseason. Mm-hmm. There's some correlation to that. Like just your body is not as prepared to go full force into things as you know. Maybe, but I don't know. Maybe that's. Like, a, I mean. But was this style of wrestling anything different than prior to COVID? I feel like guys without crowds are trying much harder to be a little more high risk because they're trying to get noticed because the only people really watching it now are the people that are booking it. I mean, AEW has fans and WWE has the Thunderdome, but it really doesn't, it doesn't really matter with fans right now. Yeah. Which I hope changes soon. Yeah. Florida's wide open. So it seems like they might have WrestleMania in Tampa this year. Oh, really? And I feel like they're going to have a full stadium if they can. So <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if like, is that something like one of those things where you're like WWE should just wait until WrestleMania to have the first show with like a full crowd. Or like, do you think that like a business like that is going to be like the first chance we get, we're going to have a full crowd again. I think the first chance they get, they'll have a full crowd. Yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. right now. So I don't really know what they're waiting for. Like, they could do it right now if they they could put people in that Thunderdome if they really wanted to. Really? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, Florida is pretty open with like they can do live events again and stuff like that. Mm. So like er- everyone's talking about like where the first things are going to happen live, like big live events like UFC fights. Everyone's talking about Florida probably. Oh, it's just Florida. like Florida's the craziest place. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, yeah, nothing's happening. Let's just let's just do stuff. Let's just let's just have events again. <laughs> they're the only like state that's allowing like full fans into football games. Like, yeah, you are noticing some uh, some fans in the uh, 
in the uh, the stands uh, during football games, certain games. It's every place but California at this point. I think. Really? Like I think California and uh, the New York, New Jersey area are the only ones that haven't allowed. Like Arizona, just this past weekend, let fans in for the first time. It was small, but they're like you know letting yeah. more people in. So at a certain point, it's going to be like well, and Vegas, I guess too, isn't letting people in. But uh, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that those are brand new stadiums, and I don't know if you want to open some a, use out of them. I don't know if you want to open a brand new stadium with like a half stadium. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's yeah. not a full stadium here. We just paid like billions of dollars for this new stadium, and yeah. here we go. By the way, speaking of injuries, I don't know if you saw this on the uh, Twitterverse. Are you talk about the guy in the backyard ring. Yes, oh. this oh. poor son of a bitch. Uh, I looked it up. His name's apparently his his wrestling name is Justin. That's it, just Justin. Uh, I guess he's kind of like a backyard guy. I'm not sure. Who knows in this time uh, of wrestling? Because technically, we're all basically backyard. Guys. I don't know if he's gonna be doing any wrestling anytime soon. We're all just wrestling like out in like parking lots and yeah. shit like that. But so, homeboy, if anybody hasn't seen this, um, he it's during his entrance. He goes up to the second rope and he does the pose right that everybody, every classic wrestler does. Yeah. Uh, you know, you stand on the second rope and you raise your arms and you try and get a pop from the crowd. And then a lot of times you'll just kind of spring off 180 and land in the ring. This guy does that and breaks both of his legs. And there's a video of Ugh. this. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I don't feel like I feel bad for the guy, right? Yeah. Not because like, you know, and, and he's, he's he's he didn't get hurt because he did something stupid and he's untrained and he's a backyarder yeah. and all that. The poor guy literally was just doing his entrance, <laughs> hopped off the second rope, landed, and broke both of his legs. It's the craziest video I've ever seen, man. The only way I can describe it, if no one's seen it, is like if you're playing the video game and there's like a weird glitch and your character like falls backwards, but his legs don't go with him. That actually happened to a human being. And I didn't know what it was. And I think I, I think Ryan sat and posted it and I just like, why is Ryan sat and posting a back? Oh my God. And the guy's like, yeah, it's, it's so gross. Yeah. I saw that they, uh, they started, uh, or somebody started a GoFundMe account for that dude. Cause he's going to have some serious medical bills in his future. And I'm guessing homeboy doesn't have uh, health insurance maybe or something. I don't know, but they're trying to get like $200,000. Uh, that's what they're like trying to go fund yeah. the raise. And uh, yeah, this poor guy, man. So if anybody's interested in helping him out, uh, it's, I'm sure you can find it somewhere on Facebook or something like that. I saw Janella like retweeted it or like made a comment about it, but yeah, poor son of a bitch, man. Like the guy just basically, he's not doing anything stupid. He's doing everything that, Every wrestler has probably done at one point in their life during training or a show and just, I don't know, man, it's crazy. Now, what do you think the odds are that once this guy's all healed up, he starts wrestling on GCW as broken leg guy? <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> like, that's how you get booked, like, man. Almost like to the point where, like, this guy shattering both his legs might have been the biggest blessing that's ever happened. I mean, because if he's even halfway, like if he can just get in the ring and not look like a complete idiot, yeah. I feel like he could actually make a career out of being the broken leg guy. It's funny, like how some people can spin that stuff and make it like actually the work a little bit. Yeah. 
You remember like that uh, that one dude that did the, like the uh, shooting star press off the top turnbuckle, and right before it he yelled like "fuck it," and then he shooting star pressed himself and and landed on the top rope. <laughs> you didn't see that video? No, it's pretty funny. But like that, like it was like one. It's one of those things where it's a clip, and it's the most viral yeah. video for that day or two, and the guy actually like rolls with it and he he, uh, he made like a fuck it shirt and it shows him doing the shooting star press and like landing like on the top rope and it's like hey man might as well make some money out of it if yeah. you can I think the only time I've ever seen someone botch a shooting star press like that was Davey Richards Oh, right. I saw him do one and he like he literally turned but instead of going forward he went sideways uh-huh. and then just hit the top rope and bounced and then fell into the ring and I was like He's so lucky he didn't fall like right on his head or fly out of the ring or anything like that. But I saw a clip of uh, yeah, Kidman did that too, Billy Kidman. Yeah, uh, it was a WCW and he's wrestling uh, Regal, and yeah, he uh, goes for the shooting star press and just lands on the top rope. Have you ever seen the video? Um, I know that like randomly, like Kevin Nash retweeted one time. Have you ever seen the video where uh, Rick Ellis is wrestling? I think the guy's name is Casey Jones, and Rick is hanging outside yes. the ring. Yeah. Yes. I, Devin has told me about this. I saw the video. It's actually on a botch of mania. I think. Yeah. And like Cornette's talked about it. Nash and has talked about it. It's so crazy. I don't know what homeboy was going for, but he ended up like he broke his hip. Is he broke? His, yeah, yeah. He, if I, I mean, if I was Ellis, I'd be like, yo man, I don't even know what you just explained. He did. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know. What I like, no, like we're not going to do. He's like, come on, I'll, 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 I'll do it. And then he did it. And it was, and then he lands in like, He's just like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's 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 a crazy video, and it's one of those videos where you watch it and you just go, "What were you thinking? What were you thinking of like doing?" The logistics like, of it, like I don't you know, like were you like even if you were like gonna try to go for like a stomp or something, I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, yeah, crazy man, crazy. But anyways, wrestling is returning at least. Yeah, uh, seems like we're getting back. All the major promotions are back. Primetime Live is on tonight. Yep, I'm yep. sure Devin would bring that up if he's here. And by the way, shout out to uh, SoCal Gabe. Thanks for all the support and uh, tweeting out to the uh, United Network people for trying to get us booked. You never know what's going to happen, man. But, hey, it can't hurt what, you, uh, what you're doing for us. And anybody out there that's uh, listening to this podcast or, you know, helping out the hogsman we appreciate it thank you very much uh but yeah there's some wrestling going on this weekend so this weekend we have the level up pro wrestling they are doing the back backlot boogie that is friday night october 30th so uh the hogs will be in that uh that show it is starting at 6 p.m and it's going to be at the Level Up uh, Pro Wrestling School, but it'll be in the back. It'll be in a uh, parking lot. So go check it out. Go to Facebook. Go to Level Up Showcase, um, or go to up the go to like type in Level Up Pro Wrestling School, and I'm sure you'll find it. Here is some of the wrestlers that are going to be there. You're going to see Adrian Quest. You're going to see Eight Bit Lit. You're going to see B Boy, Jesse James, Ruby Rays. Hunter Freeman, and then you're going to see some uh, debuting kids from the Level Up Pro Wrestling School, so that'll be good. Uh, the main event is going to be uh, a six-man tag, and it's going to consist of the Hogsman plus Andy Brown. Fuck Andy Brown. Fuck Andy Brown. And we're going to be going up against uh, Adrian Quest, 
B-Boy and Hunter Freeman. So I believe uh, B-Boy and Adrian Quest call their little tag team that they have uh, the Get Down. I believe it's that. I believe it's that. That's a cool name. Also, for all you Hogsman podcast listeners, uh, we will be recording a podcast episode from the from the show, the Level Up show. And I believe we're going to try and get uh, Andy Brown and Adrian Quest Andy on. Andy Brown. Yeah, we're going to ask Andy a few questions. And, <laughs> mute his mic. And maybe mute his mic. And then, uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk to them and see what happens. So we'll have a, a podcast come out of that show also. And then the next night, Saturday, October 31st, this is Halloween night. You're going to have Canna Pro Wrestling. And uh, Dev, once again, will be missing that show. But I will be part of it. Despite what was advertised this morning on Instagram. Despite what was advertised. Uh, Anyways, you're going to have a whole bunch of matches going on. I'm going to be a part of a gauntlet match. And in that gauntlet match, uh, Jesse James will be in it. Jordan Cruz will be in it. Robin Shaw will be in it. And then two mystery contestants. So uh, we'll find out who that is. Also, you're going to see a tag team match of 8-Bit Lit versus Miranda Alizé and Charming Biagio Crescenzo. I think I'm saying that right. I, th- I think so. I've never like been able to say Biagio's name correctly. At least I don't think I am, but I hope he is. I hope I, hope I am. I like Biagio. He'll, good ca- he'll correct you if you're wrong. Maybe. And then uh, you'll have a singles match between... Uh, the Infection, Rob Shit, greatest name in pro wrestling, versus Guy Cool, a.k.a. Cool Guy. And then uh, Street Fight. You're going to have a street fight. Uh-oh. Hunter Freeman going to fight Damian 666. Hunter likes the street fights, huh? He gets in a lot of those. He's a hardcore guy now. He's a hardcore guy now. And what else we got? We got a uh, women's triple threat match. That's going to consist of Delilah Doom, Holly Dead, and Ruby Rays, triple threat women's match. Also, main event, big main event here, Psycho Clown versus Mecha Wolf. Uh, that's going to be good, man. Psycho Clown's a big, big name down in Mexico right now. Mecha Wolf, he's right up there. Got a great name down in Mexico also. All If, if you guys ever heard of Mr. 450, that's, also, that's Mecha Wolf's old name. I love that name, Mr. 450. It's a great name. Uh, oh, I also there's also a I, I missed this match. There's a California Chronic Championship match. Uh oh, and that's going to be uh, between Eli Everfly and Bestia Six Six Six. So go check it out, man. That uh, that show starts at four twenty. It says appropriate. It makes much makes a lot of sense for Canna Pro Wrestling. They're both in the same place. They're both at the same place, man. So Level Up Pro Wrestling School, it's off of Elkhorn Boulevard, but it's going to be in the back parking lot. So go check it out, guys. It's going to be a, a nice event. It's outdoor. Um, there is going to be obvious, like, uh, social distancing social distancing, and all that kind of stuff. And Don't forced. touch the wrestlers. Don't touch the wrestlers, please. And, uh, yeah, man, come check it out. If you guys ain't got nothing else to do. Sounds like nobody's trick-or-treating this year. Except for Devin. Except for Dev. By the way, did you see the guidelines that just came out for uh, California? No. For Halloween? Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. It's for like holidays. 
It's oh like, yeah, I like saw the Thanksgiving ones and I, I laughed and I was like, I'm gonna be going to my mom's for Thanksgiving like I do every year. It's I'm not gonna change. So you anything. saw the whole thing. It's like, hey, you can only be over there for like two hours. Yeah. Uh, all dishes have to be like set, like disposable. Um, you can use the bathroom only if it's sanitized. <laughs> like all this stuff, and they're like, you can only have three households in one house or some shit. It's one of those things where it's like, I get it, I get it. We're in COVID time, right? We're we're in uh, pandemic time, but it, people look at this stuff and go, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. Are you fucking nuts? You're going to tell me what I can do in my house. Like the constitution basically says a man's house is his castle, right? Yeah. Government can't fuck around in that thing. So that's why they say they're guidelines basically. Right. Cause they don't want to overstep. You can't do it. It's not, it's not legal, but uh, it's pretty interesting. And by the way, if you're really that nervous about going to see family members, go don't go, t- go get tested or go, go get not, tested. I'm going to get tested because I'm going to be at a wrestling show this weekend around people. So I don't want, I'm, I'm pretty confident I don't have it, uh-huh. but I'm just being safe because I don't know Andy. I don't know Adrian yep. and I'm going to be around them pro- pro- probably backstage while we do the podcast. So yep. I'm being cautious about it. I just got tested again and I got my results back yesterday. Man, I'm telling you, it's nervous every time you get that uh, you get that email from them. Because then there's like 15 calls you have to make, and you're just like, oh god. <laughs> no, but like every time you open up the 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 email, uh, it's just like it's a roll of dice. Because like you know, you might be asymptomatic. You don't know. Might be a false positive. Might be That's a false happening positive. in football a lot. There's a lot of false positives. You know, and like. All you want to see on this this little email that you get is negative. You know, that's all you want to read is negative. But it's just it's it's such like a, that moment of nervousness. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's just like taking an STD test. It's so funny because you're just like because the result is the same too. You gotta call. <laughs> yeah. You gotta call people like, hey, I know we're around each other. I just tested positive for COVID. You might want to go get you. tested yourself. I'm telling you, man. Three times. I, I so I. You know, like if if, if I uh, get back into like wrestling more, right? Let's say like we get bookings a lot, I'll go get tested more. Like that's what would have to do. Yeah, I've only been tested three times. At every all three times that I've opened up that email, I'm just like crossing fingers. Crazy man. Well, because 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 you're training and stuff, or I guess you're back training now, yeah. but you have to do that every week just to you know train, right? Like all uh, you all gotta, the students have to do it. You right? got to get it frequently, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I, I was actually able to get back in the ring. Thursday night. I was going to ask you, how'd that go? It went well, man. I didn't go too hard. Uh, I went, you know, baby steps, man. Baby steps. Um, what about Bob? The, uh, I don't, I've heard horror stories where people get injured and then they, uh, they get, they get cleared to, to get back in the ring or, you know, do whatever. And boom, they re-injure themselves. So I was like, Hey man, I'm just going to take it easy roll around a little bit you know i didn't hit the ropes i wasn't running back and forth and all that kind of stuff you know just locking up working some arms working some body parts you know rolling around kind of showing you know the the students like hey these are certain types of reversals all that kind of stuff but it was just nice to to get back in there and roll around i think i ended up taking one bump for the night and that's about it and you know your body too you can get in there and like if something felt weird, you'd be like, I don't even want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was very cautious, but it was, it, it went well. It went well. I was really happy with it. I've been able to get back into my boxing classes, um, at the end of my last, uh, private session with my boxing, uh, instructor, he handed me the jump rope and I'm like, 
all right, man, I'll try. And he goes, you'll be fine. And yeah, I was able to jump rope. So that was like, it's all these like little, like little wins, you know, that are, yeah. that'll add up eventually to being like, cool. I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I'm good to go. It's not fun coming back from injury, but it's also exciting when you realize you can do, you know, this stuff that you not sure if you can, but it's one of those things. It's like, it's not a blessing disguise. Cause I mean, you only, you only end up missing one booking because of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That one with, that uh, was, yeah. Fatu and Knox pro. And you know what, man, I'll tell you the truth. Any young wrestlers out there, um, you know, getting injured, you know, getting injured to where you got to be like, actually, no. Cause I don't want to say injured. Ah, ah, that's weird. If you get hurt, right? Let's say like I hurt my ankle really bad three years ago. Still affects me to this day. And I could still wrestle, but I was very painful. And I couldn't be flying back and forth. I couldn't be running, hitting the ropes left and right, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I had to learn how to work with something else other than my body, yeah. right? You had to learn psychology. You had to learn other little tricks of the trade to be like, hey, this is how we're going to get through this match because I can't even fucking walk right now. You know, so and also getting injured also brings you back down to planet Earth. Yeah, because I remember the first time I really got injured. Um, I was uh, I was at training. I was at training at SoCal Pro one night and, and training was going really well, really well. For some reason, I was just I was I was hitting everything I was trying to do. And uh, I was doing a little call in the ring match with uh, Jew Diz. And I call uh, something happened. I I think I body slammed him or something, and I went up for a moonsault off the top rope. And I told him move. And when I went for the moonsault, he rolled towards the towards the center of the ring instead of towards the post. And I saw that as I was coming down. And I don't know what I did, but I tried to to not land on him. Ended up tearing my my MCL in my uh my left leg not julius's fault it was my fault yeah. you know like i i shouldn't have been doing that kind of shit during training and uh you know i learned a lesson that night like hey man don't be stupid don't be fucking stupid be smart why am i you know i'm solid with the moonsaults i've been doing backflips on trampolines since i was a kid right and yeah. you know I, I know the rotation of a, of a moonsault a backflip you know why am i doing this during practice because uh you know i already know i can do it yeah save it for the save it for the shows don't be calling it on the fly during a practice match you know it's little stuff like that you got to kind of like realize like oh that's right i'm not invincible i'm not invincible you know these so you have to learn other ways of you know working you know you got to learn how to work strikes you got to learn how to work uh you know mat wrestling <clears throat> you know psychology all that kind of stuff you got to you're not always able to rely on your high your your high flying high spots, basically, right? Exactly, because if you're a high flyer and then you hurt like your knee, but you're still gonna wrestle. Hopefully, you know another way to wrestle because otherwise it won't be good. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's just what I've learned from like getting injured. It always just kind of like brings you back down to reality. Like, hey, this ain't you know this ain't the safest thing in the world. So don't be stupid. But do you notice? Uh, when you've given these people advice, do you notice them actually like utilizing it or no. do you think it's one of those things like it, you're never going to learn it until it actually happens? You're basically. never going to, you're never going to realize it until you, it happens to you. Um, 
that's just you know a lot of like younger wrestlers you try and like tell them and i you know i'm not saying like i'm some old grizzled vet i've only been doing it seven years but the thing is i'm older right just generally i'm, I'm older than a lot of these kids and uh you know i have been injured you know a few times so you try and tell people like hey man try and figure out another way to to you know get your point across in the match rather than just doing stupid you know reckless things be multiversatile basically yeah exactly you know you never know again you another thing you might get in a ring right you might get in the ring with somebody who doesn't want to wrestle that style and they want to wrestle a different style yeah and then all of a sudden you're screwed because you only know the one way man i'm telling you the amount of guys that don't know how to just like technical wrestle or mat wrestle. I don't see it ever when I watch it on TV. So I don't even, I'm assuming there are people, some people know how to do it, but. And it's funny when some of these guys try to, when they try to, to get technical or be a mat wrestler and you, it just exposes the fuck out of them. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, somebody obviously bypassed, you know, that training session. But, um, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It is what it is. I've seen guys even like Kenny Omega say in interviews, like he doesn't try to technical wrestle because he doesn't know how. So he knows that doing it would expose him. Yeah. So he just doesn't do it. And, and I'm he, like, I respect the honesty, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean. But it's also one of the things. It's like, well, why don't you try and work on that? Yeah. You know, work on that. I was actually telling this to the kids uh, Thursday night. You know, if let's say you go and do a uh, – you go do uh, extra work for uh, for WWE, right? And this happened, right? Because uh, you know uh, who's uh, Ellsworth, right? Ellsworth, obviously, he's got some controversy uh, going on. I don't care about that. I'm telling about the story that he told, uh, that his experience. Why right? he he showed up to do extra work. Arn Anderson comes up to the extras and goes, "Who's got a solid punch?" And Ellsworth raised his hand. And that's basically how he got on TV, right? Uh, but all Anderson, uh, Arn Anderson said was, who's got a solid punch? And Ellsworth raised his hand. So a lot of these wrestlers, they go, oh, well, my punches suck, so I just throw forearms. And I go, okay, that's cool, but you understand your punches suck. Why don't you try and work on your punches rather than just you know saying, fuck it, and I'll just throw shitty forearms? Right, but nobody wants to take the time to practice to throw throw strikes, throw punches. Um, what? How, let's how say, can you not be better at punches? Like, just do Bret Hart punches. Hey Grab your head and punch your hand. Anything, That's, anything like, is better than yeah. shitty forearms. Yeah. And I, what I was telling, the, I was telling these the, the students, I go, man, guys, imagine you go do extra work, and one of the agents or producers comes out to the extra guys and goes, "Who's got a good punch?" Do you want to be the person that raises their hand or the person that says, oh, I don't. I, have, I just throw forearms. Yeah. Because you know what? Vince don't like forearms. He likes punches. So, what, you know, work on your fucking punches. I had shitty strikes. And I'm still not saying I have the greatest strikes in the world. But I think I have better strikes than a majority of people on the card that I'm on. And it's because I worked on it. It's not a, it's not a focus of most people. I think it's when not. I, that's what, when I watch people, that's what I get. I don't know if it's true. Cause I'm not really involved, but like when I watch people, I'm like, no one's trying to strike anymore. Like nope. no one tries. Nope. But I see like you go to like, you know, you do, uh, boxing. kickboxing. So that kickboxing that helps with your strikes a little bit, eh, a little bit, a little bit. But, um, 
but there's the thing, man. I re- I recognized my strikes sucked. I recognized my strikes sucked, and actually, so I recognized that right. And then remember when um Cody and the Bucks showed up at uh, one of those bar wrestling events? Yeah. Uh, I think like unannounced or something like that. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think Cody had a match with uh with uh Peter Avalon. Yeah, maybe or something. It was. I think it had something to do with they were kind of doing something with Joey at the time. It was. Um, I I don't know exactly what the scenario was, yeah. but I remember seeing a clip of Cody throwing a kick at uh at Peter Avalon. You know, like a kick to the stomach, and it was so crisp and so good looking. And I was like, I got to learn how to throw a kick like that. So I would literally go when I, this is back when I was training at SoCal Pro. And for a month, even maybe even longer, when it was just kind of like open ring time, like, hey, what do you guys want to practice? I practiced strikes. I practiced punches and kicks. And I was like, hey, guys, uh, just do me a favor. Just stand right here, and I'm just going to throw punches and kicks at you. Or, you know, I would, I would go up to the turnbuckles. You can, you know, you can practice your punches on and kicks on the turnbuckles. You go to kick the middle turnbuckle, and, you know, you try to put some snap to it. Same thing. You just throw a punch at the turnbuckle at the top turnbuckle and just kind of see where you know how it feels. But eventually, it's it's not going to happen fucking overnight. It's 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 a it's a process, right? So invest in yourself and say, hey, I just want to learn how to throw strikes for like a month, right? You show up to practice two three times a week, and you just work on it. You work on it. You work on it. Do the mirror trick too. Where you, you just you punch towards the mirror, try to make sure you don't hit the mirror. Yep. Just do that over and over again. It's one of those things that almost every wrestler says they've done. But um, <clears throat> it's one of those things, man, that it just gets completely bypassed by a lot of young wrestlers. And they just want to go straight for the high spots. And it's like, okay, that's cool, man. That's great, all this high spot stuff. You're very athletic, very agile. But what about just a basic punch? You know, can, can can you do that? And a lot of wrestlers can't nowadays, unfortunately, because they just don't want they just don't want to put in the effort to try and learn how to throw a, a strike. Yeah, and that's something that like, I you know I I'm proud of like the the way I can throw punches and kicks. Um, Devin throws good punches too. Yeah, Dev can throw. Dev Dev has great aggression in the ring. Like that's the one thing I've noticed. Like Devin has great aggression. He shows aggression. Yeah. Um, and that's also what a lot of wrestlers don't show in the ring. So I don't know, man. That's just my tangent that I went on about strikes. No, it makes sense. It's it's something from me as a fan watching. I see and I go, I know the people that focus on it. I know the people that don't. And yeah. then you look at who they are and who they were trained by, and you're like, well, it makes sense why. Yeah, it makes sense why Cody's strikes were so good. Yeah, because I'm sure that was like a point of contention with his fought with his dad. Hey, yeah. everything you're going to do is going to look good no matter what. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. And it's, it's weird because a lot of people think that like to be a, a great wrestler, you have to know all these crazy moves. Right. And I remember Gangrel said this um, one time during like an impromptu uh, seminar up at WCW, uh, WCWC one day I walked, I walked up and, and, David Gangrel is holding court with a bunch of wrestlers around him. And I could tell he's like dropping knowledge. And I was like, Oh fuck. You know, like I'm late, you know, I don't know. Like this just happened out of nowhere. 
And uh, I walk up and, you know, just like I caught like the last like four or five minutes of like this little impromptu seminar he was doing. But one thing he'd said to everybody was that confidence will will over uh, uh, confidence will overshadow greenness. I think that's what, that's basically what he said. I can't remember if it was verbatim, but confidence will overshadow greenness, which means if you're confident in the ring and you're doing the things that you know how to do, even if it's the very basics, but you show it with confidence, the crowd will buy it. Which makes sense because if you watch his matches, you see a lot of the little things uh-huh. and you're like, oh, wow. Like very small, like little things that not many people notice. Like, you know, casual fans don't notice some of the stuff that people like if you've been in a ring and you've trained that they, they don't really get that. Little nuances. Little nuances. But if you like if watched enough and you've been in a ring and you've trained, you see this stuff and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Yep. So like uh, Devin talked about his reverse Irish whips. Yeah. And I think about that with him all the time when I see him, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's such a small thing and it's just so cool. Yeah. And how the, he's very, he was a vampire on TV and he embraced that and he was confident about it and he was awesome. Yep. You don't look at him as like the, Oh, he's a goofy vampire. And you look at him, he's like, no, that was a badass character. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, greatest entrance of all time, yeah. basically. Like that's the craziest thing. Like David, he's, he's one of the, greatest people ever I loved hanging out with him but I think he'll be known as like one of the greatest entrances of all time in WWE or WWF back then like his entrance was so sick the music yeah dude sometimes I'll just put that that uh, theme song on at the gym and just be like fuck yeah bro some good shit dude yeah I feel like the music back in the day was way like in the in the attitude era. Uh, um, attitude era it was compared way to now, better. it's so much better. Who's the whole? Who's the guy that made all that music that they ended up firing? Uh, Jim Johnston, dude, that guy was the shit. And they just fired the people who were making the music the last couple of years too. Oh really? So they're like getting rid of all their themes now, and they they try to get rid of like most of Jim Johnston stuff. But you know, when Shawn Michaels comes out, you're, he's not not coming out to sexy boy. You no. know what I mean? Undertaker's not, not coming out to his theme. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's certain guys like triple H is coming. I mean, that's not Jim Johnston, but you know, these guys aren't, they're not going to erase everything he did. Yeah. I also, I, I do love the old like WCW entrance music too, where it was just, it was a lot more basic yeah. than the WWF, but it was, well, it was just rip off awesome. of old songs. Like Jericho's song, I think was like a Nirvana track that they ripped like his, his, like when he turned heel, uh, huh. I can't remember what Nirvana song it was, but it, you could just you listen to it and you're like, I know this song. Well, a DDP came out to yeah, smells like Teen Spirit, yeah. but they changed a couple chords yeah. and they were able to get away with it. So sick, dude. So sick. But yeah, man, those old music, those old entrance music or entrance songs were uh, were great. But like I said, man, it's it's weird because confidence. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do this hip toss. And yeah, it's a day one maneuver that you learn. Not day one, but like, you know, it's, it's pretty early it's, in it's training. One of, it's, it's one like of the day, first ones. Day two or three. Yeah. It's one of the first things you learn, like the first like slams or moves, offensive moves. But if you do it and you do it with confidence and you sh- and you put everything you have into that one hip toss, the crowd will buy it. The crowd will buy it. And uh, and that's something I took from uh from Gangrel that he said and and uh, I, I've always had it in the back of my head you know like confidence you gotta show confidence out there like yes I belong in this ring and every moment in that ring I know what I'm gonna do yeah I I have my moves I have my move sets you know I got my five moves 
That's all I need is five moves. Now, what are we going to do to make those the best five moves I can possibly make them? You know, the it doesn't have to be some choreographed uh, sequence into it. No. Just when I hit it, it's going to look good as fuck. Most of the best wrestlers that you can think of that people, like, think about, they don't have a big move set. No. Like Flair, Hogan, Rock, Austin, Brett, Sean. They didn't have a lot of moves. Uh-uh. They had... A couple of moves that they worked into the match at some points. A lot of these, and like what we talk about moves, we're not actually we're we're not even talking about actual wrestling maneuvers. No. So Triple H, what's he do? His first move that he comes out to the ring to spits fucking water. That and he does like that, uh, you know, like the flex, you know, like he yeah. spits the water and like that's that's move one, that's move one right there, straight up. You know, that might not be an offensive maneuver or a defensive maneuver. No, but it's what the crowd fucking paid for to see. Yeah. You know, same thing with like, uh, I remember I learned this from, from listening to Raven on a podcast. One of Raven's moves was sitting in the corner of the turnbuckle. That's it. That's what you think about when you think of Raven. It's yep. like, you don't think about the matches and stuff. Like you might know what his finisher is because it was a DDT. Yeah. But you don't, when you think of Raven, you think of the guy sitting in the corner. Yep. And the guy who cut a great promo. Yep. You know, Austin, one of his moves was catching beers (laughs) and slamming them together and chugging them. The crowd wants to see that. Yeah. The crowd wants to see that. That's what I fucking paid to see. So when we talk about like maneuvers, yeah, I have my, my offensive maneuvers, but you know, like the big time wrestlers, when you think of them, usually it's not even wrestling that, you know, actual wrestling moves that you th- that you uh, uh, associate with them. Yeah, it's just characteristics. Like Sean did an atomic drop, an elbow drop, and the super kick. That's the only moves I could think of that he ever did consistently. Yeah, consistently like, in his yeah. match. I mean, he would. You know, he does the flying forearm before yeah. he does, then the nip up, and then all that stuff. But yeah, like he'll hit a moonsault every WrestleMania. Moonsault once, yeah, but like Brett, how many moves of Brett can you name? Like. He did an atomic drop, the sharpshooter, like backbreaker, backbreaker. He like, did the forearm drop. Yeah, you know, it's like, not. It's not like these guys are like coming out here with like a million moves. Yeah, but you know, Cena. Obviously, that's the joke with Cena is, and he is an all-time great. I don't care what anybody guess says. What? He's got millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I think I've told this story before. It's a uh, you know the Ballards, right? I've heard of them. Yeah, the Ballards are uh, two of like the greatest trainers ever. They trained everybody. Yeah. Samoa Joe, John Cena, Kazarian, uh, all up these up cats. At UPW? Up at UPW, okay. yeah. And uh, they're, they're twin brothers. They, uh, they're trainers. They've been wrestling for like, I don't know, maybe like 25 years. The only problem is when they were in their prime, WWE or WWF was the land of giants. They're not giants. But they're 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 a sound tag team, and they trained all these guys that ended up coming through and going straight to the w, you know to WWF or you know other other bigger promotions. And uh, so John Cena would come by whenever they were in town, right? Like Southern California or LA, where they had their uh, their their training school. Uh, Cena would come by and just check out, you know, like training and you know see what's going on. And uh, I can't remember which Ballard told me. But he uh, he says Cena came in, and of course everybody, else, all the students are, you know, they 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 want to show what they've got in the ring because you've got John Cena here watching them. 
and I know the feeling. I've done it before. It's so funny. I used to do it with Ray Mysterio when he showed up to training, and I'd be like, "Hunter, get in here, let's go," and I'd be trying to like pull some like cool shit off in front of Ray, and we'd hit our like you know we'd we'd wrestle and like call it on the spot and like all that kind of stuff, and I'd look over and Ray's like not paying attention, and I'd be like, "God damn it!" But um, so Cena shows up and everybody's on their you know they're they're trying to throw their their best that they got. They want to impress Cena. And there was this one kid that uh, he was, I guess, athletic as can be, you know, agile, flips, all this kind of stuff. And he goes in there and he's doing all this stuff. And after his match, Cena goes, hey, man, you're incredible. Like, I'll never be as athletic as you. Like, you are insane. Like, your athleticism. And he goes but I can do this and he does the you can't see me hand sign in front of his face and I have a million dollars in my bank account and it was just like I guess like everybody around him was just like holy shit like he's correct you know he's he's fucking right you have to do all this work you got to do all these flips all these high spots blow yourself up you know worry about injury all Cena's doing is moving his hand in front of his face getting a huge pop, huge reaction from the crowd. His merchandise is selling all from that. And he's got a million dollars in his bank account just because it's character. It's character work, you know, like, and it's not like he changed his style at all. Cena. He's always been that way. It's not like he had to change. Like Austin was a much different. If you watch Austin from like the early nineties, he was a much different wrestler than he was at the tail end of the 90s because he had injuries. Yeah. So he adjusted the way he worked. Yeah. But yeah, Cena was always the same guy. Towards the end, I th- I think I saw him try to do more athletic stuff. He was trying to get it like... like he did like the code Indian. red a couple yeah. of times and yeah. he would do that leg drop off the top. And I'm like, that's cool because I think he's trying to prove... I, I always thought that he was always trying to prove to everybody, like, I can do all this stuff. I'm as good as like like everyone who thinks I'm not good. I'm going to show you how good I am. Yeah. But a guy that had done that much in the business, I don't think needed to try to prove that. But he nah. still did. Nah. Yeah. He. Uh, it was. It was interesting when he was trying to like get indied out. Yeah, you and know, it was crazy during, like, during dude, that last little run. Like you're John Cena. It'd be like if Hogan started doing like it was moon salts at the end of his career. You know it what was, I mean? Like it was entertaining for some reason. Yeah, seeing uh, Cena do a code red, hilarious. But I also think he had like a lot of trust because I remember he was doing that with Steen, or uh, yeah. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, he did it. With, he did some stuff with AJ where he would do stuff like that. Like he wrestled Cesaro and did some of that stuff. Like I think he just there was a lot of talent that he saw he could do more stuff with. Like people forget in the mid two thousands when he was at his peak, he was wrestling guys like Big Show and the Great Khali and stuff yeah. like that. Like he couldn't do probably any of that stuff with any of those guys like no. that was his peak run yeah and, you know yeah yeah man but that's uh that's what's going on in the world that's what's going on in the world of wrestling uh anybody that uh noticed the the picture i just put out for recording uh, saying that we're recording the new episode if you look at my shirt uh it's a gentleman named jordan cross He's a Midwest wrestler. Uh, I met him when I was doing the Evolve tryout out in Chicago. Uh, this kid, he, he's cool. He's a nice guy. He just came up and started talking to me. 
out of the blue. And I was like, all right, cool, man. And he started like gossiping about like all the Midwest drama. And I was like, fuck yeah, dog. I'm in. I'm in. I like gossip, you know, but a uh, nice kid. Uh, he is doing a thing where he, if he sells his shirts on pro wrestling right now, proceeds are going to toys for tots. So uh, I hooked a brother up and uh, bought a shirt because it's for a good reason. So if you want to go to his uh, Twitter or Facebook, his Twitter handle is at the Jordan cross. And uh, I think I'm going to, I'll probably retweet this, uh, the tweet that he sent out saying that uh, proceeds are going to go to uh, toys for tots. And uh, so, yeah, I also bought a few other shirts on uh, pro wrestling you know, got to support the brothers and the girls. I bought girls shirts too. I'm fine with that. I have no problem repping a girl's shirt. I have a Heather Monroe shirt and, uh, and I'll start revealing the other shirts that I've bought too. But, uh, yeah, man, go, uh, go help up, help out some people. What else is going on? What oh. else do you want to talk about? You watch that UFC fight? No. When was that? This is a, Oh, the, oh, the, the Khabib fight. Yeah. Yeah. Khabib. I don't, I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. <laughs> Khabib fought uh, Justin Gaethje, and this was supposed to be, like, a huge fight. Like, this is going to be, like, a huge test for Khabib. They yeah. thought Gaethje had what it took to uh, to uh, beat him. And anybody that doesn't know, like, uh, MMA or UFC, Khabib is undefeated. He's from Dagestan. He's an amazing wrestler. And uh, he's just he's on another level. So they uh, they put this Justin guy Justin Gaethje in there, and Justin Gaethje is a uh, like a he's got like a wrestling background, but he has like incredible stand up also. So they thought like man this guy is gonna like be big trouble for Khabib. Khabib beat him in two rounds, crazy man, and it didn't even look like it was like really hard for him. Put him to sleep with a triangle choke, and then uh, Khabib uh, he retired afterwards. He's twenty nine and 0, 29 and zero, and he said, "Hey, I'm done, man." Which is cool. I understand it. Well, his dad, his dad uh, passed away from COVID nineteen. Just passed so away. I think he basically. I think his dad was also like his trainer and like worked with him on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think he, that had a lot to do. He just didn't want to fight again without his dad. Yeah. Plus, <clears throat> I guess apparently he has got fuck you money yeah. out the ass because I mean I guess he's he's got the money. You know, you do this prize fighting stuff to make as much money as you can to stop, right? Yeah. It ain't healthy. And the only big fight left for him is Conor McGregor, who he beat pretty handedly in their well, last fight. Well, they were fight. talking about matching him up with GSP. But mm-hmm. GSP, man, he hasn't fought in like a handful of years, and he's yeah. older. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man. I'm not down with like, hey, if somebody wants to retire, let them retire. Let them retire, go off, live their life. Think about it, man. If you're a fighter, right? A boxer or any kind of combat sports fighter. You have to be hungry. You have to be hungry. Mike Tyson told his son that wanted to be a boxer. Don't because a motherfucker like me will kill you because Mike Tyson came from nothing. Yeah. He came from nothing. He came from like, you know, the slums and was hungry and like had anger and he wanted to get it out and he wanted to have a better life. Mike Tyson's son probably doesn't know that life. Mike Tyson's yeah. son has probably had a little bit of a, you know, easier lifestyle, right? He might be a good boxer. He might have some good fundamentals. But the thing is, you have to have that fire inside of you saying, I will do whatever I can 
to get myself out of this situation into a better, better place. Right. So man, if you're, if you're Khabib, right. Who I said, he's got like, fuck you money. Yeah. What's the motivation? He's getting big money for every fight. And I'm sure Dana's giving him bonuses too. So it's like plus like every, sponsorships, yeah, every all that fight kind he of does. Stuff. Like so, he's probably banked a ton of money over the years. Yeah, just from fighting. Like you can literally, when you're fighting, like you work, you can work two times a year and make a ton of money. But it's a lot of work to get ready for those things. Like you have to train every day. You have to be disciplined. It's and like grind. you said, some of those people, like from privileged lives, don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And sometimes, you're, sometimes even if you're successful at, it, you're like. Why am I still doing this? I'm young enough to where I can still enjoy the rest of my life. I have enough money to last me the rest of my life and, you know, another life if I had it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, I get it. You know, it's hard to get up and train on a cold morning when you're laying in a mansion. Unless you're the rock. With satin sheets, you know. Yeah. With satin sheets, you know. Like, it, it, it's a t- Who's going to get up and train? The guy, you know, living in his mansion, sleeping on satin sheets, or the guy that has nothing who wants and, to get and, to that and mansion. needs that money and needs that money. But uh, yeah, man, I say, hey, Khabib, go enjoy retirement. You fucking earned it, and uh, you know, yeah, it makes sense, man. You know, I, if I had a bunch of money, I wouldn't be doing like I probably wouldn't be wrestling. <laughs> I'd be like, why am I going to risk destroying my body? And an update from earlier, the Dodgers have won the World Series. Oh, did they? Yep. Dodgers won the World Series. Congratulations, Los Angeles. Uh, it's two sports titles in that town I know, city this year. I know one wrestler, Che. What up, Che? He's a big Dodgers fan. He's an L.A. guy. I think Mondo's a bad L.A. guy, too. Mondo's probably happy. Mondo Vega. Yeah. Mondo Vega. Well, good for them. They get to celebrate their World Series in a year where there's no fans. Good for you guys. I know, right? It's kind of sucks when you think about like the Lakers won the title too, but like I wonder if they're going to flip any cars cuz they uh they rioted on uh the night that the Lakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll see a lot of uh people out in LA tonight. I'm sure people will be upset that those people are out. I don't know how like, much more that city uh Los Angeles can handle with <laughs> protests, riots, Lakers win, riot. Dodgers win, maybe a riot. I'm not sure. Maybe I, I, yeah, I don't even remember. I don't even know the last time the Dodgers won the World Series. So, so. the Dodgers won in '88. Okay, I believe. I think so that was the Kirk Gibson home run, right? Sounds about right. It didn't. He didn't win the 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 series for yeah. him, right? Was that that Kirk Gibson home run win the series or no, just no, win no, a game? No, no, no. It just won a. Game. I think it just won a game. But I think that's when. Uh, that's the last time the Dodgers have won the World Series. They've been to it twice since then but they just haven't won yeah so that's 20 no 32 years god damn it's fucking insane huh? i should i should know that i was born in 86 so you're born in 86 yeah young and young i guess god damn i'm only three years younger than you i think uh four years yeah. i'm 82 my friend 82 but anyways, let's go ahead and uh, maybe start wrapping this up a little bit. Yeah. Let's go wrap this up a little bit. But thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Like I said, there is shows this weekend. Friday night, Level Up, Wrestling, Backlot Boogie. Go check it out. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Go to uh, Instagram. Type in Level Up Pro Wrestling. I'm sure you'll find it. 
and uh, come check out the events. Also, Saturday night, Halloween night, October 31st, Canna Pro Wrestling. It's in the same venue as Level Up Pro Wrestling. Uh, come check it out. It's all outdoors. Come check out Pro, pro Wrestling. Uh, Devin, myself, will be at the shows. NPA is going to be there, too. If you see him, go ahead and uh, talk to him. Don't touch me. Just stay six feet away. <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a mask. Um, but anyways, yeah, come check out and support some wrestling, guys. We, you know, It's been a while in San Diego since we've had a, a good wrestling show going on, I think. Couldn't tell you the last time. Are we going to confront Jordan Cruz about the tweet deletion? Uh, Nah, I'll let him slide on it. I'll let him slide. Okay. It's not that big of a deal. I already know I'm the best wrestler in San Diego. I'll give confidence. It, there's like two people. Earlier. I'll tell you, there's two people. Benny B boy is hands down. One of the best wrestlers in, in San Diego. No, you know, and then a uh, Ryan kid, Ryan kids, another amazing wrestler, uh, who's put a lot of time in. If, if they say anybody is better than me in San Diego, if it's not one of those two names, I'm calling bullshit. It's crazy because I don't think uh, the perception, like I know Benny's lives here, obviously, and he's lived here for a while, but I don't think the perception of Benny is that he's from San Diego. Really? I, like when I want, like, I don't know, for some reason, like, I don't think the people think of him, like when they think of San Diego wrestlers huh. and they should. Yeah. He's obviously, if not, you know, he's one of the best from here, but like, it's one of, it's one of those things. Like, I don't like when I think people talk about him, I don't think they'd necessarily talk about him being from San Diego, even though it's obvious yeah perception i guess another name who doesn't wrestle anymore but he's one of my old trainers uh tommy wilson uh tommy was an incredible performer Mm -hmm. i've said it before i'll say it again tommy when you're in the ring with him that man was a beast and i'm not like like i said it wasn't from like moves you know like a move set thing it was just in the ring he knew how to perform if 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 the booker or the promoter said hey tommy get out there and uh, and get some heat. He's gonna get heat. Go out there and get over as a babyface. He's gonna go out there and get over as a babyface. The guy was amazing, and uh, I was lucky enough to have him as a trainer. The guy, he knew his shit, man. The guy knew his shit, and I loved wrestling him. He's one of those guys that used to go out, and he just like just listen to me. I'll call it out there in the ring, you know. Yeah. The back, you know, obviously the finish is planned. We have a few other things planned. Anything else? Tommy would just be like, just listen to me. And I did, man, I, I think I had like, th- it was weird. I had three matches with Tommy and two of them happened at EWF. The first time was the first time that Tommy and I had wrestled in a show. Obviously him and I would wrestle a lot uh, at training. And uh, the, the first match was fine. It was okay. The second match at EWF uh, with Tommy was one of the best matches I've ever, I've ever been in. Like, it was one of the funnest matches. And it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything crazy. We didn't do anything stupid. It was all just storyline-driven. And it was a good, solid match. And it's actually on YouTube. If you guys type in Mike Camden and uh, Tommy Wilson, uh, you'll see it. It's it's a great match. It's when he... Uh, it was like it's like when he got used to get escorted to the ring by uh, Ashley Grace. Mm. But it's a great match, man. I, I really enjoyed the match when we were doing it and even watching it back, I go, man, this is a solid match. You know, I don't say that a lot about my matches. I think I've only said that like about one other match. Um, 
but yeah, Tommy Wilson, one of the best. And uh, if he was still wrestling, I'd say yes, he's 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 better than me by far. But uh, yeah, man, Tommy Wilson, my old trainer, great guy. Did you ever watch him wrestle? I feel like I've met him before. I feel like I've I've been in shows where he's wrestled, but I can't picture it. Total psychopath too. Like, that was yeah, crazy. I, like I hear his name and I see him and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've met him at some point at a show whether it was a new wave show or SoCal pro show, but I, I just can't like picture it in my head. Yeah. Like specifically Tommy's it's, it's weird. Tommy's one of those guys where, you know, performance wise, he had it character wise. He had it. Um, but like the stars just didn't align for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he had everything. It just, it didn't all happen at the right time. It's crazy how that, you know, that, that happens. Yeah. It's unfortunate. That it happens. happens to people. Sometimes you're just like, wow, they just, they literally just missed it. Like, yeah. That much. Like, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, Hey man, he's all done and I'm sure he's content with his wrestling career. What else we got? I think that's about it. Right. Oh, 10 barrel brewing pub beer, cheap fun beer. What's up? Go get yourself some. We got a weekend coming up of wrestling. Go, uh, go grab a, or when you're watching football. Or yeah, why not? There Drink you go. Up. As long as you're home and being responsible. Drink up. Drink up. Uh yeah, man, it's gonna we're taking it home. Right? We're taking it home. Uh thanks for listening to us, as always. Uh I'm sure you're listening to us on either Apple Podcasts, Spodcast uh Spotify, Spodcast. <laughs> Spotify or Google podcast, or there's other play. There's a whole bunch of other platforms that we're on. I'm pretty sure it goes to every single podcast forum when I post it. Yep. So, yep. Still yep. cage radio. We appreciate you guys listening, man. Thank you very much. Um, what else was I going to say? What else should they do? If they listen to our uh, podcast, they should fuck Andy Brown. Well, they should fuck him too. But what else should they do? If they listen to our podcast, uh, like subscribe and leave reviews. Look at you. You're doing it better than Devin. And for the love of God, when I post things to ask questions, ask some questions. Ask questions. Even if, they, even if you might think that they suck, even if Mike might think they suck, it might lead to a fun conversation. Yeah, you never like, know. Like last week, we had a fun conversation off of a question. You never know what those you questions are. And ask me anything, man. I ask mean, I've already told you I shit my pants in the ring one time. I don't think there's a limit on what Mike will tell you. Yeah. But anyways, uh, get those uh, questions into us. And we'll be happy to answer them for you. Uh, I think that's about it, right? Fuck Andy Brown yeah, fuck again. Andy Brown. We get to tell that we we get to tell that in person next week. Yeah, when you there hear you this go. podcast next week, you're going to hear him. Get some questions in. Yeah, for Andy Brown, we're going to have Andy Brown and Adrian Quest. I think we're going to record with them on Friday, mm-hmm. either pre or after the show. Yeah. If you got some questions for Andy Brown or Adrian Quest, send them in. We'll ask them. And uh, we'll go from there. I'll post something just as a reminder to anyone. They forget to ask questions. And, man, you never know who's going to be in the room. B-Boy might be in the room. Probably. Hunter might be in the room. Ask a question, and you'll, you, you, we'll ask everybody the question and, uh, and see where it goes from there. You never know what's going to happen. But anyways, we've been talking way too long. It's actually one of our shorter – that's right about what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. So Nice. Nice. Guys, thanks for listening. Oh, we one more thing it. before one you sign thing. off. Did you see the thing I posted from the uh, account, uh, the hazmat 
like head yeah. headwear. Yeah, yeah. If Devin were here, he'd be taking a lap around the room, just telling you how excited he was that, about that, that. Dummy doesn't. That, that's. No. <laughs> I just wanted to lead off with that. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, Adam, if they want the tip, what do they got to do? I think they should just take the whole hog. Adios. <laughs>